Hello, my name's Felix Thompson. I'm a reporter of GTR, and I'm delighted to bring you the latest episode of the GTR Trade Talks podcast, in which we'll reflect on GTR's return to the live event space with the 2021 instalment of GTR UK, which welcomed over 400 delegates in London. Today, we welcome the chair of the event, Adam Marshall, who serves as a senior advisor to Flint Global and HSBC UK, and who, until fairly recently, was Director General of the British Chambers of Commerce. Big welcome to the podcast, Adam. Great to be here, Felix. Adam, many thanks for sparing us your time to sit down and reflect after what was a very busy day's worth of engagement, from the various sessions taking place on stage to the much-missed opportunities for people to get together and network. When closing the final session of the day, you mentioned that you had a number of takeaways from what you had heard. Can you perhaps share some of those with us and our wider podcast audience? I'd be delighted to, Felix. First of all, it was wonderful to be back together uh, at a GTR event uh, to see the intensity of some of the networking and some of the the B2B conversations that were going on. And I very much hope that that will continue both now and into the future. Um, But one of the things that I heard both in those conversations uh, on the networking fringe uh, and in the main event itself Um, was that there are really sort of two languages being spoken around trade here in the UK. There's a supply side language being spoken by trade finance professionals and others who are trying to sell products to importers and exporters. Um, And then there's a sort of problem-centered demand side language being spoken by the businesses themselves who are trying to move goods or services across borders. And what struck me, as it has perhaps on a number of occasions uh, over the years, is that those languages sometimes pass each other in the night. Uh, you know, the professionals are selling their services, their their specific trade services, quite hard saying what their service is and what it can do, um, but not necessarily always speaking in the language of the buyer, uh, who sometimes they're trying their absolute best to solve a problem that's on them either immediately or that they see coming in the future future. Um, And I do hope that when we meet together again in future GTR engagements that we're able to address that supply demand gap. Oh, interesting. So is it sort of an issue of engagement between the two sides then, would you say? It is to a certain extent. Sometimes I'd like to see some of the suppliers of trade services put themselves a little bit more in the business's shoes, think a little bit more emotionally than rationally about why a business might come to them and and take up their services. Um, and, and of course, you want to educate some of the, the demand side, some of the businesses who need those services as well, about the huge array of people out there who can help them. So continuing to bring the two sides together is going to be incredibly important, I think, both in person and virtually. And that engagement isn't just limited to, you know, private sector B2B sorts of conversations. It also includes government and government bodies as well. Um, engagement with UK export finance was one of the key themes of the day, uh, with leaders from UKF saying to us, um, we really need ideas, we need you to, to respond to our consultation so that we can get our services to more businesses. 
uh, and businesses in turn saying, you know, we also need a bit better communication sometimes from UK export finance to know what um, they can uh, do to help us as well. So I think it takes two to tango, um, but we saw a great willingness on the part of both the supply side and the demand side at this event. And I think we will do into the future. And UK firms engaged in international trade have had to deal with a fair few paperwork difficulties. Uh, Is there a case for these being made simpler? Well, undoubtedly, anything that can bring the process of international trade into the 21st century, where so much of our banking and financial services industry already is, where so much of our our legal industry already is, and where so many of the products and services being sold across borders already are, would be fantastic. We had a really important discussion about the digitization of trade on the day. Um, and you know, great innovative companies doing everything they can and campaigning organizations doing everything they can to try to make that happen. Um, but what digitization's got to deliver is speed and simplicity for businesses, whether they're seeking trade finance or moving goods and services across borders. Um, that takes both change within individual countries like the UK, where regulation has to become simpler, um, but it also takes cooperation between countries too to simplify those processes and procedures. The UK could become a world leader in digital trade, but if it did so on its own, it wouldn't have that much of an impact because it needs partners at the other side uh, in order to be able to make sure those transactions work quickly and effectively. So a long way to go on that, but digitization and simplification, definitely key themes arising on the day. And of course, supply chain resiliency has obviously been a major issue for the past year or more since the outbreak of the pandemic. What were your thoughts on that topic with regards to how it was covered at the event? Well, gosh, throughout the day, we were hearing about different supply chain issues that businesses were facing. Everything from you know trade finance being painstakingly put in place, but then uh, failing or, 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 or not able to complete because of disruptions in, in the supply chain somewhere, through to the very basic thing of companies moving goods around, unable to get them from point A to point B. We had one business, you know, really stuck with me saying that um, in terms of moving goods from the UK to the US, it used to take them about a month. Now it takes three. It used to cost uh, £2,000 per container. Now it costs eight. I think it was dollars, actually, $2,000 and $8,000. But those incredible increases in time delays and in financial costs are affecting a lot of businesses. And they're leading a lot of them to reconsider global supply chains and how they make them more resilient. I think we'll be hearing a lot over the coming years about just-in-case rather than just-in-time supply chains. Um, and I know that that was originally one of the key goals of, uh, you know, the, the amazing Japanese supply chain management techniques that swept the world, basically having things to be as resilient as possible. We lost that uh, looking for cost efficiencies at a time when logistics simply wasn't a problem for anybody. But now logistics is a real issue. We can see it globally, everything from microchips through to basic construction materials. And I think that's going to continue and we're going to need um, to focus much more on resilience as we move forward. Indeed, yes. I think resilience will continue to feature pretty heavily. Now, what about this issue of inflation looming on the horizon? What are your thoughts on that potential hurdle for British businesses in the months or year ahead? 
Well, what really struck me on the day of our event, GTR UK, was that the word inflation wasn't mentioned until the very last session of the day. That surprised me a lot because we're already seeing and feeling it in both the consumer economy and even more so in B2B transactions. Companies worried about their margins because price pressures on primary materials, for example, or price pressures on inputs full stop because even services, of course, have grown more expensive too. Um, I think inflation is not as transient as the Bank of England and other central banks would like to have us think. I think it's a little bit stickier and a bit more embedded than that. My hope is that whatever steps are taken to try to address that over the coming months um, are handled sensitively and that we don't end up in a situation where very big rises in interest rates, for example, or shifts in monetary and fiscal policy um, actually take the bottom out from under the recovery. So there's a very delicate balancing act coming ahead, keeping inflation under control and keeping the recovery going at the same time. I think all of us will be observers of that, um, but at the same time, we'll be participating in it as our businesses try to trade through it. Great stuff. Well, many thanks for coming on the podcast, Adam, and for sharing your time with us. And to our listeners, please do check out our range of other podcasts, including GTR Trade Insights and the GTR News Brief, for more expert commentary and insights from our guests and our own editorial team. We also have many further events coming up this year and into 2022, so please do check out our website for more details on those. Once again, thanks for listening.